listening to Wake Up and Read the Labels, your guide to eating simple and feeling good. If you want to eat clean and feel your best, guess what? You're in the right place. Each week, we talk about ingredients that may be holding you back from feeling your best. We also talk to some brands that are going against the grain and actually using real ingredients we can recognize. Plus, we're sharing stories with people who are just like you, who actually woke up and read the labels. Welcome to Wake Up and Read the Labels podcast. I'm excited because so many people come to me and they're like, Jen, okay, I'm starting to eat clean and I'm feeling really amazing. I'm sleeping better. I've got rid of some inflammation. However, maybe you've gotten diagnosed with an autoimmune condition or a chronic condition, or maybe some of those healthy foods you're a little bit sensitive to, right? So today we're going to be diving into exactly why you may be feeling that way. I am bringing on Terry Cochran. She's an integrative practitioner and a nutrition counselor. She's developed the Cochran Method which examines how nutrition affects our gene expression by causing genes to trip or turn on and how those changes can impact our health. So Terry, how are you? Welcome. Thank you. So good to see you and be with your audience. Thank you. I think a lot of the information that you have can help a lot of people who are listening. And if maybe not them, they can send it to someone that they know. But why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to discover, you know, that genes do have a role on our health? Well, now I'm considered 20 years fast forward from my initiation into this world, a pioneer in epigenetics and how food and environment influences our genes. But 20 years ago, I was a mother of a young child who was told that the child would be broken, he would have brain seizures, he wouldn't go past five foot four. We lived constantly in the hospital. He had life-threatening asthma, full body eczema. At three, he wasn't walking or talking. And so I was in an institutional risk management uh, position at the time. I was a risk manager for billions of dollars of multifamily assets. And I did not know anything about medicine or nutrition or anything in the world of science. I was a risk manager for the world of real estate finance, but I'm also a Cuban refugee and I don't live in the problem. So I decided that when I was told my child was broken and the conventional methods were not helping him, they were only making him weaker Mm -hmm. and he would become a statistic of the system. I deployed my risk management skills to understanding why his body was doing what it was doing. And so I poured over, this is almost 30 years ago. He's going to be 29 next week. So I poured over books. There was no internet. I researched, I went to the library, I interviewed parents, interviewed whoever I could get a hold of to try to better understand the body. And I had an epiphany. It was the food that we were feeding him. And so even though we were feeding him, clean food, if you will, it wasn't clean for him. Mm-hmm. And again, fast forward, he'll be 29. He's a beautifully healthy man now and really doing uh, good work in the world in social justice and social equity with none of the issues that I was told he would live with. So that really started my, my trajectory into this world. I left my career and then I went back and I studied and studied and studied all sorts of disciplines, functional nutrition, epigenetics, biophysics, biochemistry, quantum physics. I studied energy medicine. And so now we're really proud to say, you know, I have an internationally known practice 
I work with not only the very sick from around the world, whether it's autoimmunity or cancer, infertility or mental health. I also work with some of the world's top athletes, actors and rock stars. So we say we optimize the human potential. We just match your genes to your current state and we get you to optimize yourself. Okay. So does one have to study all those things in order to do what you're doing? No, the good news is that, you know, the body intelligence is really elegant and simple at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so I have seven-year-olds that have been in my practice that understand more about their bodies than many Mm 50-year-olds. So it's really teaching a simple method of listening to your body and tuning in. If I do this, what happens? And then I give them I give them categories on what foods may be influencing certain outputs in their body. And I had a little girl who was allergic to, anaphylactically allergic to 52 foods, 52 foods. And she's now eating all of them. Wow. And she's turned 11. I've been working with her for quite a while. But Liliana is one of the most just intelligently, naturally intelligent body interpreters because she understands what her body can and cannot do. We also helped her heal her body. Mm-hmm. When we don't keep putting an insult into the body, the body will heal. I like that. And it can heal from food alone. Yeah. And you said she was allergic to 52 foods. Okay. Let's back that up. I would imagine when you're getting this report from this test you're doing, it's showing real foods such as, you know, greens and almonds and all these things. That's not even covering all the additives and the fake foods made in the lab. Is that right? That's right. She was not only allergic, she was anaphylactic, meaning it could kill her. So she had a a very significant, what we uncovered through her genetics and her current state of health, she had a very significant histamine and mold response and all those foods and genes that would trip the histamine and the mold. Also a phase one liver detoxification pathway like turmeric, which is so much considered an antioxidant to her is was a poison. So she's doing wonderfully well and um, I'm really proud of her. And she, that will change the, change the rest of her life. She doesn't have to live in fear. Well, that's amazing. We're on the topic of child health issues and going into the conventional method, things like that. And I saw this on your Instagram page when I was looking early and it looks like it's a quote by Dr. Vincent Pedre, I think is how you say it. He's a good friend of mine. Yeah. And it says, good medicine turns the tree upside down and looks at the health of the roots first to understand why the leaves look diseased. And so I love that because a lot of us are going, like they call it healthcare, but really you have to be sick to check in and then they prescribe some things, right? Or you you get to see your doctor for 15 minutes nowadays and then you're, they give you a piece of paper and you put it, you know, you're riding home, it's on your passenger seat and you're like, I'm alone. Or if you get better, you're still alone. And the only way you can go back and see them is if you're sick. So like, how exactly does your practice differ from that so that people can understand what it's like with working with an, an integrative practitioner and functional practitioner? Well, really, it, we even call ourselves beyond functional medicine. We're kind of like, we are precision wellness. And so the first thing we do is we demystify what's going on, right? So we look at your genes and then we say, okay, well, these are your genes. This is your potentiality. Now through applied kinesiology, just tell us what's real time. Real time epigenetics is telling us why is your body doing this? So 
Once we demystify, oh my gosh, I have ulcerative colitis. It's because I have a high oxalate issue. So I'm eating a lot of almonds and spinach smoothies with chia and flax seeds. Oh my God, that is like an oxalate layer cake. So I'm really poisoning myself, making actually little holes in my intestines. So we really educate our clients so they're no longer in fear and in darkness because a lot of the medical system, all they could tell me was your child's broken. You know, back to my origin story, your child's broken and here's more antibiotics, more steroids, more everything that was wrong that was making him weaker instead of saying, why is he weak? And so again, the demystization of that untangling of your why, which we usually do in our first visit, gives people, one, their power back, two, a road forward, and three, it helps them in their body take away the fear. So we know that we have 23,000 genes and only around, according to Dr. Bruce Lipton, only around five genes are actually hardwired. The other ones have to be tripped. And so when we're in fear, we're tripping all of our genes, which can, or when we're in stress, any kind of stressor to the body, right? Whether it's a pathogenic stressor, an environmental stressor, an emotional stressor, or even a physical stressor, those are the tenets of my methodology, will actually affect genetic expression. And so just by giving people a truth that their body, body is telling us, demystifying why, they're getting their power back. So all of a sudden, they're in a better epigenetic expression just from the time they leave our practice. And then we give them a very, a very specific roadmap to how we achieve wellness. We recently just had a, a client, three autoimmune conditions, one she'd had for 20 years and two she'd had for five years. After her first follow-up with us, all those had gone into remission eight weeks later. Not just symptomatic remission, it was clinical remission. The autoantibodies were gone. <laughs> and so the body, when given the right instruction and the right formula and the right feeding system, has a miraculous capability to ride itself. I have a question. Would you agree that autoimmune and chronic health conditions are on the rise today? They're higher than it's ever been. Absolutely. When I wrote my book, The Wild Vegetarian Diet, Living as Nature Intended, which I penned it about six years ago, at that time, one out of every 14 individuals in the United States had a diagnosed autoimmune condition. Okay. A diagnosed. What is it today? I would say it's at least double that, though the pandemic has put a, a big spike into autoimmunity. Okay. And I believe that's a function of viral reactivation. And so interesting. So I'm curious, like, are people, and this is me just making speculations, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure I am. Are people getting diagnosed more because of the foods that they're being offered? Or are people being diagnosed more because they aren't checking their genes and they don't know what they should be eating? I think it's both. It's both. Yeah, it's both. So two things have happened. One is glyphosate. So that's the active ingredient in Roundup which we spay, spay, spray hundreds of millions of pounds on our food supply every year, that has had a deleterious impact on the way our genes are expressed because glyphosate interrupts three very important metabolic pathways. It disrupts glycine production, which is necessary for protein digestion. It also disrupts our body's ability to process sulfur and oxalates. So when you think about sulfur and oxalates and protein, those are all the healthy foods that we've been told. Eat, eat your broccoli, eat your spinach, eat your black beans, eat your berries, eat your killer kale, as I call it. 
And so because they contain phytonutrients, those in their origin state are actually quite healthy. But when they are denatured and we can no longer break them down, they become poisons in our system. And so that has been a really big problem. Now come COVID, I call it the disrupted mirror effect. COVID does the same thing. The spike protein, and this is in the clinical literature, denatures protein. It interrupts the sulfation and histamine pathway and it interrupts the oxalate pathway. So we've got this pandemic with a food supply that is denatured and it's creating this crescendo effect. So it literally is a disrupted mirror effect. And so again, we are seeing an incredible rise in diabetes, in ulcerative colitis, in multiple sclerosis, in cancer, in infertility, in miscarriage, and in children's mental health. So it's really become quite a situation. Now, that sounds very dark and hopeless. Doomsday. Doomsday. (laughs) But I I say, well, no, because if we understand it, we can reverse that trend. And so that's what we do with our clients and we educate them. My goal with my clients is to graduate them. I don't want them to be in my practice forever. I want them to go on and then, you know, be those, those disciples, whether it's in your neighborhood or within your family or for yourself of understanding that we can take back our power if we understand why something is happening in our body and then do so. You don't have to be a biochemist or a physicist or some, you know, very, very complex scientist. You just need to know if I eat this, this is what might happen to me. And I know why. Okay. So you're saying the correlation completely is the food and health. Among another one would be stress, correct? Stress has a lot to do with what's what genes are being turned on and turned off. Absolutely. Again, back to the father of epigenetics, Dr. Bruce Lipton, it's the signal, the protein, the protein signals the cell. So when we're in stress response, we literally, we literally signal the cell. And my philosophy in the Cochrane method is the hierarchy of needs calm the body first. If you're in a state of stress, it's going to be a lot harder for you to get better. It's going to be swimming upstream like a salmon. Whereas if you calm the stress response and then you put in play either supplementation and and or body techniques so that we can manage that stress response, there is almost an immediate response to the body. As I say, once we are out of stress, our body is signaling differently. It's signaling differently. And Dr. Candace Pert, who passed almost a decade ago, she was a neuroscientist who wrote Molecules of Emotion. It is a phenomenal book on neuroscientists. And she was one of the first to say, hey, look, guys, our emotions get triggered on our cell membrane, which then triggers everything else. So stress is, I call it the fire starter. And I also call it the dirty cupcake because stress is, our stress hormones are cortisol and epinephrine, and they're a fat and a sugar. So it's a dirty cupcake. It's like you're eating sugar and fat 24-7 when you're stressed. Let's talk about the wildetarian diet. You've never heard that before. There's lots of names for diets, right? What exactly is the wildetarian diet and who do you recommend is eating this way? So the wildetarian diet is a diet and lifestyle that I actually coined. And it was born from an end-stage cancer patient that was sent to me uh, when he was given his last rites. A very rare form of cancer had put him into congestive heart and kidney failure after two rounds of chemotherapy. And it turned out that there were, he had a rare form of cancer named amyloid doses. They were amyloids that were aggregating around his heart that were carcinogen. 
And I expatriated at the time that was a genetics researcher. And I asked her to go and find why this was over a decade ago. What were these amyloids? Well, now we know amyloid plaques go to the brain and so forth. Well, it turned out that the food supply was, was feeding the amyloid. So what I found through the clinical literature and then through the thousands of outcomes in the, in the next 10 years that have followed is that our crowding conditions of our back to our food supply have created this amyloid, which are indigestible proteins in our animals that cannot be broken down. The most amyloid rich is chicken followed by beef. And so I said, well, what if we go wild? If we go wild, then these amyloid burdens of these animals will be lower. And so therefore, ergo wildatarian was born. And so wildatarian is eating to your genetic blueprint and your current state of health following the four tenets of protein, sulfur, oxalate, and fat metabolism. And so you can be a wild type of any of those categories or a combination of those categories. And when you eat to your wild type, you just get better. <laughs> and so it's been a, it's been a movement. And if, if you notice now wild food, wild game is becoming ever more popular. Now we want to make sure that they're still sustainably raised. Otherwise you're going to have the same problem we had with our cows and our chickens. But the wild movement is afoot. I believe I was pioneering in that. It's not just because it tastes good. There's a metabolic difference and it actually has a genetic impact positively. Wow. Okay. So tell me this, as I'm trying to learn a little bit more about the genetic expressions in this wild type diet, let's say you and I both are diagnosed with the same thing, right? We either both have Lyme's disease or we both have Hashimoto's, for example. I know a lot of people listening, that's, that's an epidemic right now. And so you're saying based off of our genetics, I may potentially be able to eat beef and you may not? Yes. So depending on, I think that dirty beef, nobody should eat because it's indigestible. Correct. However, if you have a methylation issue, especially a protein digestibility issue, then you're going to be more susceptible to not being able to break down that protein. Why is that relevant in Hashimoto's? A thyroid expert, I happen to be a Hashimoto's expert. We know that in the clinical literature, over 80% of Hashimoto's has to do with the reactivation of the Epstein-Barr virus. So guess what viruses feed on? Undigestible protein. So if you're eating non-wild, amyloid-rich animal protein, you're feeding the beast of that viral load, which is reactivated. Now, Epstein-Barr in its natural state is mononucleosis. Epstein-Barr in a reactivated state can be Hashimoto's, can be Sjogren's, can be Biocenia gravis. And part of the tenet of the wildatarian diet is that I link amyloid burden to viral reactivation to autoimmunity. And so we've had multiple reversals of Hashimoto's. I don't know. I have our next the client right after this podcast has Hashimoto's and we're going to help her. She's a brand new client. Mm -hmm. So we've been really, really successful with that. Okay, beautiful. So let's talk about what it's like working with you, becoming a client. What exactly are the steps that you take someone through? Is it genetic testing? How do you do all this? Food sensitivity tests? Yeah, we do genetic testing. We use 23andMe or Ancestry.com, and then we run it through the Cochrane method. And then we do a very granular approach. Now, going forward, because the practice is so full, we're going to take a hiatus on clients, but what we do know is if you take the wild type quiz and read our book, I've had people stop me in the bathroom saying, oh my gosh, my 20 year autoimmune condition literally resolved because I stopped eating broccoli. I had a sulfur rash and I didn't know it. So food alone can heal. 
food alone can heal. And we have heard so much information out over the 20 years of uh, the body of research. My website is rich with information. Podcasts such as yours and others are rich with information. So we have a very powerful, a very powerful engine for healing. Nice. So you have a wildsitarian diet book, correct? Yes. And then you have a wild quiz. Yes. Okay. Where do you find that quiz? It's on my website. The book is also on Amazon. Okay, perfect. We'll link both of those beneath here. Terry, do you have any beautiful client story that you want to share of something that may be inspiring to someone listening and give them hope that, hey, the symptoms that are debilitating and really bringing you down for the day. Like it, it doesn't have to be that way. There's so many, I know. so many. We, we usually have wins of the week. Okay. Wins of the week. But I will say one of the ones that I'm really proud of is someone I've been working with for quite a while. Uh, this is a young man. I started working with him years ago. He contracted PANDAS. PANDAS is Pediatric Autoimmune Psychiatric Disorder. This is a very serious condition. You become a hostage of a biochemical, if you want to say nightmare, because these children, it usually starts around age 10, they become homicidal or suicidal. And it's very, very rigorous on the family. And this young man had all sorts of viral reactivations, all sorts of bacterial. He had bacterial, viral, fungal, parasitic. And it was a very big challenge to bring him back. And I just saw him last week. He is getting straight A's. He is, even in this COVID environment, he hasn't gotten it. He's so robust. He is a kind, now 17-year-old. And they see me just periodically now. They live out of the area because we see people internationally. And I was telling him how proud I was of him because he knows his body so well. And this is something that he will have for life. The power, he literally shipped his, shifted his genetic expression and recreated cellular memory like my son did. So that which was a poison to him and was creating something that could, he could have been incarcerated or he could have been worse because of the trajectory he was going down. And now he's an example as a man of this millennial age to say, I know my body so well, and if I can do it, so can you. And so it's such a powerful story. And I actually suggested, I said, you should write this as your college essay. Heck yeah. It's so powerful that not only did he overcome something that was so, so devastating, not only to him, but for his family, but now he is as robust of a human being as I know. He literally rewrote the history Going forward, he wrote his history by shifting his genes, and now he's more robust because he developed. He was we were so so spot on with his genes and his his current state of health that he literally rewrote his cellular imprinting, so it no longer responds. Just like our anaphylaxis young ladies, she no longer responds to those things that were killing her. That's powerful. That is powerful. Absolutely, I love it because you know no one's out there teaching people how to become the CEO of their health, and no one's teaching the importance of this. And I get most of our audience is women between the ages of forty and sixty, and so a lot of times um, these moms will come to me and they're like, "Hey, you know, I love what you're doing and it's working for me, but I'm so worried about introducing this to my kids." 
because I don't want them to be obsessive over food, right? I don't want to develop a complex. And I like to tell them like, hey, listen, if you don't take the reins and teach them the right way, society is going to teach them the wrong way. Because these girls who are becoming teenagers and young adults, like they're focused on the nutrition facts, the calories, and that's it. And they're missing at like what actually happened to our food and what's actually in this food. And then also there's no one's talking about the connection of what you're eating is how you feel and what you're eating. Those are the symptoms. Like when you start experiencing these things and get diagnosed with these things, that's your body talking to you and telling you like, Hey, look, I don't like what you're feeding me. And so something needs to be corrected. So I applaud you for everything you're doing. You're doing amazing things. So thanks so much. Everybody go check out Terry Cochran. We're going to link everything at the bottom. Follow her on Instagram at Terry Cochran Beyond Nutrition. Also go take the wild quiz, get her book. I would be curious to know what your quiz results say. And as always, Terry, it's great to see you. Thanks so much. Okay. Thanks so much, Jen. Great pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wake Up and Read the Labels. If you like this episode, guess what? We want you to share it. We'd love that. Share it with a friend and leave us a review. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or really wherever you're listening to your podcast. For more information, visit us at wakeupandreadthelabels.com. Hold up. 